This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi there. You're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. So guys, this is a very special episode. I'm very excited about what we have in store for you today. It's special for two reasons. The first is that this is the season finale of the first season. Like, this is the real deal. I actually have a full season on all streaming platforms. Go like it, go review it, go share it. Tell your friends and your mama about it. I actually did it. I finally did something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. So that's really exciting. And this is just a way to wrap everything up with a neat little bow. And we're gonna do it with a bang before I go on hiatus. Don't worry, I'm not gonna be gone long, but I'm gonna be, you know, taking some self-care time. And as the country falls apart, I will also be falling apart. That is the first reason why this episode is super special, but also because I have a special guest. I wanted to end the season on a bang. And the special guest is a good friend of mine from college. Um, She's someone that I've known for a while. And I think she is someone who can speak with authority on today's subject. So everybody give it up for the first guest on the show. Christy Bridge is in the building, everyone. Hi, sisters. (laughs) Give myself a clap. I'm giving myself a clap. (laughs) So how you feeling? You know, like you said, looking at the country fall apart, but hey, I'm doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. (laughs) Not here for a long time, but a good time. Right, exactly, exactly. So why don't you tell the people about yourself? Um, You don't have to give like specific information, just maybe like what, what you're into right now. Give me like top three things that you're passionate about, things that you like that you're into. Well, my name is Christina Bridges. I am a Sagittarius. Go follow me on CoStar. I'm just kidding. My name is Christina. I go by Chrissy. Um, If you know me, you know I'm passionate about like three things, and that's uh, Bollywood movies, um, fashion, like just everyday fashion, nothing like too high end, and just like probably decorating, you know, so I play a lot of Sims. I mean, I feel like those are top three, but I'm also passionate about a lot of other things. I get weirdly passionate about specific things at specific times. So like when quarantine started, I was like, I'm really into, um, I can't even think of the name of it, embroidery. Like, so I have a whole bunch of embroidery embroidery stuff in my like room right now that I haven't touched since May or June because like I found something else to worry about. So I, I mean, I like to get creative and like use my hands, so. That's just some of the stuff, but yeah. Um, and I am a teacher, so, you know, as the country is falling apart, I still have to show up to work. 
<laughs> they they put y'all on the front lines as teachers, you know? Yup, yup. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. But, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, <laughs> That's how I feel. I was on my, co- me and my coworkers, like, kind of joke about this. It's just, like, after um like you know this whole pandemic is just like people are gonna be saying like thank you too for your service like people already do that I went to Ulta the other day like I think this was a couple of weeks ago not the other day but I told this lady she's like oh like what do you do and I'm like oh I'm a teacher and she was just like thank you for like thank you you're just you guys are doing so much right now and I just I just really like respect like all teachers right now and the way she's talking is like what people who usually like the people who usually get that spiel are like people in the military so I'm like dang do I get a veteran badge do I get a veteran like pass what (laughs) (laughs) you need to get discounts at your local right because of this right right I'm gonna just start um putting my employee ID like front and center and just like yes I do so much (laughs) (laughs) So one segment on the show that I, I'm going to start doing, since you are the first guest, so like no pressure, no pressure. A lot is riding on you, but no pressure. Yeah, right. Like you you are making or breaking if I'm going to ever have guests ever again. Like you are going to make and break the show. Are people going to tune in? Like are people going to hate you? I'm just, I'm going to get you canceled. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> Let's go. You can't cancel me. I cancel myself. Oh my God. <laughs> At the end of this, you're just like, you know, I can't use any of this. Like, scrap it. And just actually, the last episode was the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> so, one segment that I am doing on the show for guests is a fill in the blank test. And so, what this okay. is that I'm going to give you a sentence, right? And mm-hmm. in a blank, and you can decide how you want to fill in the blank and then explain why. I feel like this is something that they would do in therapy to see if I need help or not, if I need to get admitted or something. It's like, oh, you you answered like, you know, apple when it should have been orange, go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So first one, if I could do blank, everything would be so much better. If I could clean my room, everything would be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time we hop on a call, you're like always thinking about cleaning your room, but does it actually happen though? No, <laughs> we all know this about me. It takes like very like stressful, like an amount of stress <laughs> for that to get happened. Um, but today is supposed to be the day. I was supposed to start before we got on this, like like the podcast but I'm gonna do it after it's time I'm feeling like a new woman I just got paid so maybe today's the day (laughs) those bands we love that a working woman making her money independent (laughs) right right next one my favorite show is blank because Okay. It's always. So, I didn't finish the sentence. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Actually, no. I just want. I was just gonna stop it at my favorite show is blank because I mean you are very passionate about this and I want to know what the answer is. You see, 
the thing is, if it's like a movie, I would give a more passionate answer. But I feel like mine's so basic, and I don't know. My favorite show is The Office. Here's why. Um, I love The Office because it's one of those shows, like, it's one of the only shows that I've ever rewatched, like, more than, like, two times. I don't really rewatch shows. Um, I read this post, and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. So I have anxiety, and I <laughs> realized that um, I saw this post that was saying that, like, people with anxiety tend to watch like the same shows over and over because they already know what's going to happen. I and, saw that post. <laughs> yes. And I was like, this makes sense. Like I know what's going to happen. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is why I rewatch it so much, but also it's just funny to me. Like I like, and some people like think that the last like two seasons were trash, you know, because um, Michael Scott left or like, you know, Steve Carell. And I mean, Steve Carell was, like, the lifeline of the show, but I don't hate the last two seasons, so I just think it's, like, one of those shows where I can play it in the background, and, like, I can just do things, and I can, like, still visualize what's going on. Like, it's one of those things that you can walk away from here in the background, and it's just, it's still be funny. You can't do that with, like, drama shows. Like, I mean, other shows that I've, like, liked that were, like, very dramatic, like, there's a show that's, like, really for kids, or it's not really for kids, but it's for, like, teenagers it's called um never have i ever on netflix <laughs> actually mindy kaling is like the person who is the executive producer and i think she wrote it too she has like that show was so good and i love it i wouldn't watch it again like the first season again and just have it on in the background because i feel like it's one of those shows where when you have like kind of a, the a consistent theme going and like strong messaging and i'm sorry thinking you your children yelling in the background in my car <laughs> I like when you have like shows with like themes going like I can't really I can watch it once I'm like wow this is so impactful and then just like never watch it again Grey's Anatomy is another example like I love Grey's Anatomy would not go through the stress of rewatching every single season again <laughs> so but definitely The Office also John Krasinski <laughs> is fine so <laughs> period <laughs> period but, yeah no definitely I feel like it's just it's such it's such a staple um you can do anything you can sit down and watch it or you can do all of your activities while it's on it's a perfect show 10 out of 10 agree agree so we're gonna cut the segment short because we've been shooting the breeze for a second so <laughs> let me introduce the topic so the topic for today is more about diet culture and specifically like our relationship with food and how we have created this environment that's hostile to healthy eating habits and a healthy lifestyle. So I know for me personally, right? Like mm -hmm. I like to eat. I like to eat. I just do. Like, and it's, it's, I don't really have a lot of self-control when it comes to food. So I'm not like binge eating, but I'm definitely eating whatever I want, when I want, when the mood hits, and it's not the healthiest thing most of the time. And so to see that, like, every time I go online, especially if I'm going on Instagram, people are, like, super fit, supposedly super fit. And they're, you know, kind of, like, advertising these, like, supplements supposed to help you skin, make you skinnier or lose weight or get rid of parasites or whatever. And it's, like, you do feel, like, guilty, for just eating regular people food. Like I shouldn't feel guilty for eating a bag of potato chips. Everyone does that. But sometimes, you know, I'm like, maybe I need to skip a meal. 
So I can finish yeah. this bathing suit today. There's like times where I'm joking. I'm like, if I wake, like, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you obviously look like, you know, your, your stomach's a little bit flatter, like you look a little skinnier because you haven't like eaten anything, you haven't put anything into your stomach yet. And so I'm always joking like, oh, I just need to not eat until I take like a certain picture, like if I'm going to an event, so that way I can look this skinny for like in my picture. And that's so unhealthy. Like, obviously I don't do that, <laughs> but that's so unhealthy to think that way. <laughs> It is. And like, you know, I've, I've always liked the more snatched version of myself in the morning. And like, I don't consciously do this now. But when I was younger, I definitely would, if I had somewhere to be, wait to eat until after I fit into the dress. And it was already at the event versus like eating earlier in the day, like a normal person. Because like, I didn't want to ruin the dress. Like for prom, for instance, like when we were in high school, um, I definitely didn't eat until dinner time when I was already in the dress because I didn't want to like have like a food baby or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what online I feel like the online culture kind of breathes these toxic thoughts because like, you know, we see these workout routines, we see these snatch people, but then one thing I realized I think like a year ago. Um, and it was after several models, like, kind of exposed themselves or, like, um, you know, just people were exposing, like, what they were doing. Um, people just facetune and edit the crap out of their photos. And I'm like, we've been new. We've been new that, like, you know, fashion magazines and, like, all these magazines, like, you know, Photoshop the hell out of um, celebrities because then you see, like, paparazzi photos and you're like, oh, you don't look like how you did in the cover. Um, but then to see it, like, you know on Instagram and it's more personal because like we see celebrities and we're like okay like that's they have all the help in the world you know what I mean like they have like dietitians they have like workout trainers they have the money to go get surgery so we see that and we're like oh like you know like it kind of like some people take that in but I think for me in my mind like I kind of just disassociated from that and I was like, okay, well, that's, that's celebrity. Like, what about me? And then, like, this online um, emergence of everybody being an influencer, if that makes sense. And so everybody creating their own brand and their perfectly curated Instagrams. And, I mean, I, I'm, like, totally guilty of that. If you look at my Instagram, like, <laughs> I, I keep it pretty consistent. But, um, you know, you see people, like, where they look, they're perfectly curated Instagrams, and, like, they look so good in their photos. And... I like it, it it gives you the feeling some type of way because then you see how snatched they look and you're just like damn like why can't I do that and you're like we're like the same age and I know you like you know or I don't know you but like we're relatively like in a close sphere of like social circles um and then just to see that people like everyday people are who are just having nice Instagrams like they're face tuning and they're like you know editing their photos and I mean, the top influencers do this too, but it, it just, I don't know. I feel like this culture of this, like wanting to look snatched 24 seven, you know, and how it translates over into your real life. It's just very, <laughs> this is the toxic culture, culture we created. Like, why do we have to look perfect 24 seven? talked about this in an episode before where it's like, specifically with Instagram, it makes me feel almost a little bit worse seeing people that you know on Instagram that's mm-hmm. a huge following and somehow they know this magical secret to getting more followers 
and like being snatched because even if they don't look like that on Instagram, it's the fact that they can right, and they know how to because they've invested all this time in finding the right angles, wearing the right clothes, having the right background, and of course, editing their photos the right way. And I'm just like, what? It's like a different type of popularity. And like, yeah, those internet strangers may not know who they are, but I do. And I'm like, they don't look like that in real life. How do they do this? And it just makes right. me, I'm not super like really when I say it doesn't affect me as much anymore it really doesn't but like when I was like younger I would say when I was still in university maybe my first two years of college in in high school I was very influenced by that no like I I can admittedly say that I'm still influenced by that because like even last night when I posted my Halloween picture um (laughs) I like I posted one photo I probably took like maybe 50 photos because I was trying to find the right angle you know what I mean I don't facetune or edit my photos um and for people who don't know what I look like I'm like I'm a thicker person like I'm like I don't I never know how to explain what I look like if you've never seen me before but I like you know have big boobs I have big thighs like unfortunately I don't have a butt (laughs) Um, but like, I just think of the, I just think of the TikTok audio with like, how you thick with no ass. <laughs> like, you, oh, I saw a TikTok the other day with this girl, like from the front, like she had hips or whatever else. She looked like the typical thick. I know what you're talking around. about. I literally know what you're talking about. I, I, I like when I saw that, I felt validated. I felt seen for the first time in my life. <laughs> I really felt validated because I, I like, we're not even going to get into that. But uh, my point is, is just like, when I was taking these photos, like, in my mind, I'm not like, I like, I have these days where I'm like, I'm the biggest person in the world. Oh my God. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not that, like, I'm not that big. I'm just tall and thick, you know? Um, and so when I take these, <laughs> and so when I take these photos in my mind I think I look one way and I'm just like oh like get the angles right and then I find something to critique and I'm just like well how are these people getting these perfect photos right and like I'm just like I just look there's something wrong with it and I just critique the crap out of it until I find one that I semi like like you know or like I like enough to post and that's an issue. I should not feel that way about my photos. <laughs> that's a problem. Because you're much harsher than anybody else is. Like, there's been times where you have, like, sent pictures to me and was like, which one is better? And I was confused because they were all relatively similar. And as far as I was concerned, they all looked pretty good. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with them. I don't really look at photos with a critical eye like that unless you really like you really really tried it so when i when i see your photos i'm like oh she looks cute and you're like oh my god no but maybe if i do this or maybe if i take it from a different angle and you have like a million and one different vantage points for the same photo and i i'm lost i'm lost I'm trying to learn how to be less of a nightmare about that because i just need to learn how to let go i think 
what also kind of started this too kind of like pin rolling i know that we're getting kind of off topic is dating apps like i think i really became that way because of when i started using dating apps i'm just like they are gonna see me and you're gonna think i'm the biggest person in the world no one's ever gonna want to swipe right on me in any capacity and so this pressure to have nice pictures so that way like when i go through my sporadic periods of you know what i'm just gonna get on the dating app like <laughs> um like it, that it will like I'll have good photos but you know those photos never even seem to be enough at that point because I'm just like I always find something wrong but it goes back to this this pressure that like we create like that we've created as a society from like you know looking good all the time on Instagram also in real life too like you know making sure that your stomach looks lots so how do I make sure that my stomach doesn't look as big or how do I make sure that I don't look as big and I remember or um like you know talking to you about it and how like I would buy clothing because like my boobs are the biggest thing on my body and like I've gotten that comment a lot and so it kind of like my boobs because they're so big it kind of hides like like I there's a lot of things that I can't wear if that makes sense and so, or I can wear, but like, I just feel like I look awkward and I'm still trying to show a figure or I'm trying to show like not look as big. Cause I feel like once I get this boob reduction, <laughs> I'll be able to look proportionate. But if I wear like this hoodie, for example, if I go out wearing it, like, um, like I look a lot bigger, it makes my stomach look bigger, but I'm just like, no, my boobs are just, you know, everything. <laughs> but um this is is too much pressure and all that pressure goes back into food you see we're taking a full circle <laughs> <laughs> like one thing you brought up before i get to the food thing yeah i have feelings but like do you do you do some of the things that you do in terms of like taking pictures because you know that some of them are going to be put on your dating profile is that like part of it um yes i feel like well okay I should also say this right now I'm not really on dating apps because it was very toxic for me because of the fact that I had this like I think dating apps were more toxic for me than um like you know like Instagram because of that pressure to look good but when I was actively on them yes like if I took a photo I'm just like oh like you know I'm gonna put this on my hinge profile like you know what I mean and make them make me look a certain way so like my like sometimes I'll take like a more like I hate saying it because it's so awkward sexy sultry photo because I want to come off as someone who like all sides of me I don't want to look just look like a whole like oh girl next to her oh she's so sweet oh she's cute like no I want to look like a bombshell so <laughs> I don't want the adjectives like cute thrown at me you know but um, like why do we do so much for these guys like you are so pretty and you invest so much time in clothes and hair and makeup and like I wish I had that level of dedication maybe I'll get there but I'm really not there now but these guys you know they're doing like a three-in-one five-in-one shampoo conditioner body wash situation right cheap haircuts Right. Barely brushed their teeth. Like what? Period. What are we? What is it all for? 
I'm period. Self, but like the dating app part is what's killing me. She's like, these men are gremlins. It's the curse of liking men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the streets are really having a difficult time. Right. I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because I look at these guys' profiles on Hinge and Tinder and Bumble, and I mean no effort. I feel like I see the same fish profile picture all the time. <laughs> Or like, you know, like it's the same type of pose as I'm like, dang. And then I see my friends like profiles and the pictures that they pick out and it makes them look like an overall like great individual. Like, you know, they have their like night out with friends pictures. They have their individual photos. They have their like the photos that shows their personalities, like, you know, to make them like seem like this complete package. And then I see a guy have like this, like the, basically the same the photo just different outfits <laughs> no effort at all and then their responses too are just no effort and I'm like what are we doing this for is it really because and I, I always question that I'm like is it for the men in particular or is it because I don't want to be alone and I think I know the answer to that it's just the fact that I don't want <laughs> <laughs> so what makes me stand out <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm just not feeling it. I don't know if I've ever truly been that pressed. Like there, I would, I've, I've wanted guys to like me before, right? I've wanted to get validation and approval from them and be told that I'm pretty, but it was still never enough to mm -hmm. do some of the stuff that I see people doing. And I think it's just kind of like, I don't, I just don't understand it even now, especially now that I'm older. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it because I know a lot of these guys, their hygiene ain't even up to par. So I'm like, what is it all for? And what makes it even worse is that on dating apps specifically, like to me, it's such a low return on investment. These guys will swipe right on anything because they like, if, even if they matched with me, it would not necessarily mean that they talk to me. And just because they talk to me doesn't even necessarily mean that they want to see me in person. So if that, right. I might as well just be myself because what is the return? I'm doing all of this stuff, I'm taking all these pictures, and then I feel like it could get you nowhere fast because you did all right. the work. And then, like, no one's going to appreciate it. And then men are stupid enough to not appreciate a woman with a really nice glam look because they think that she has too much makeup on or whatever that's true I um I think you know you you hit an important point of like you know being yourself and I think for me I I think I'm more focused on my pictures because of the fact that like I feel like my personality doesn't showcase well through text like I'm not a good I barely respond to my text messages as is like <laughs> you have to call me to get in touch with me like you really do like I don't text I will call like if someone starts texting me I would try to call them because I'm like nope I can't do this so I feel like in order for me to I want to showcase myself through my photos so that way like you know they wouldn't like want to see me in person I don't know if that makes sense like, I don't know, but then you have to text them, and I'm like, I hate that, like, <laughs> I do, so I'm really bad at, I put all this effort in, and then I'm, like, seeking this validation, I am, because of the fact that I've just, like, I, and that's a re another reason why I, 
I mean, that's the main reason, honestly, why it's toxic to me is because I'm seeking this, like, validation of, like, am I actually pretty? Am I actually worth it? Blah, 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 blah. And they get these responses, like, especially unhinged when they can leave you comments and you're just like, okay, like, that's validation. But, like, why am I seeking that validation? I have to find that within myself. Like, I need to build my own self-esteem because, like, hanging on to that validation from someone else and then that gets taken away from you, like, that's going to mess you up because you didn't build that up in your own head you know and so when I was in like my last relationship that happened to me because of the fact that I uh like you know he complimented me like you know a lot and he would always every time I would like send him photos of myself like you know like oh let's get the post a little while like he would say like you know just all like like completely gassed me up you know and I like started to believe it in my head I'm like okay yeah like I look good like I'm I'm like I'm good um and then when we broke up (laughs) like my world literally shattered and so did my self-esteem because I'm just like wow I'm so great why did you leave me (laughs) you know so I have to really build that in myself before I can like you know do any of this other stuff Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, every person falls into that trap of like, when you're with someone, that it automatically means more. Like their opinion automatically means more than your own. And like, I don't know if guys feel the same way. I'm sure they do, because everyone wants to be told that they look good. But like... Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, it's very easy to fall into that trap of like, oh, well, am I, am, do I look good? Am I hot? Does it just, is, am I really sexy to him? Because that's a big thing, right? Like, sex appeal. Like, am I sexy? Like, am I like, you know, fuckable? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. He's like gassing you up. And that's the only time you even remotely believe it about yourself. And then mm-hmm. we are no longer together all the stuff that he complimented you on, like maybe like it was your butt or your eyes or your boobs or your hair or whatever, you know, he complimented you on all those things and made you feel desirable in that way. And then those same things are going to be things that you automatically start to question because, well, he's no longer in my life. Is it because he didn't find these things attractive anymore? Or is it because like he found someone else who looked better, who had better attributes? It's like, I found, at least within myself, that like, you know, in a previous relationship, I definitely did start to call into question the same things that I was like, that they were gassing me up about. And that's when I knew that like, I had put way too much stake in their opinion, because at this point, my self-esteem is like tied to what they thought about me. And if they're not mm-hmm. me, and if they don't necessarily want to be with me anymore, then clearly, you know, something's wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And so like now, as you say that, I just think about, you know, at the end of the day, I should not want to someone to just be with me just because I look good, you know, like, I want someone to like be with me because of the fact that like, you know, we click, you know, we have this great rapport, like we completely understand each other. and We're very supportive of each other. And we have like, an actual relationship, like, you know, and I realized that in my last relationship, although we did have like you know a great rapport and stuff like that like we didn't truly understand each other like we weren't really meant for each other like I feel like a lot of it was um you know it's just like based on 
just arbitrary things and just very simple things. So it was like, oh, I like hanging out with you and also you look pretty. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, I'm realizing like, even if he compliments me 24 seven, like, you know, it, do, do we actually get along? <laughs> like, do Ooh. I actually want to like, do you, do I actually want to like talk to you for the rest of my life? Like, you know, <laughs> um, and I mean, I mean, that may seem extreme, like, oh, like talk for the rest of your life, you're just in a relationship. But I feel like at this point, I, I mean, I'm like 22 years old, but it's around that time where people start like, you know, like I have friends who are married, like, you know, people are like actually settling down, you know? And so I don't know, just like, am I able to actually have a relationship where we're growing with each other? Like, you know, we're hanging out, like we're like, you know, being like best friends, basically, you know? So I don't know. Well, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and this pressure to like, look good thing. is just like, kind of, it's, it's like I have that realization, but then at the same time, I'm just like, I'm still like, <laughs> I feel this pressure, like, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, that pressure is never going to go away because we yeah. society, like, yeah, there's ever, and that's one thing that I really hate about, like, sometimes about, like, self-help and, like, people who are, like, preaching, like, self-love and self-acceptance is that, to be fair, we live in a culture that makes it very difficult to do that. So like, even if, you know, you are further along in your journey and you have some sense of like, this is who I am and I'm not going to change for anyone. And I love myself, you can have all of those things and all of those things still be true and still have bad days because like you live in a society, like there's nothing stopping you from going on Instagram and you may have a whole week. That's really good. But then one day out of that week, like on a Saturday, you are on Instagram and you see something that triggers like self-loathing tendencies or like, you know, comparing yourself to other women, you know, it's like impossible to not come across that. And I think that we shouldn't see it as like a, an end destination. Like, Oh, I love myself the end because there's Mm -hmm. room to grow. And there's always going to be things that challenge that because this society is built to make you hate yourself. 100%. 100%. We live, as, as the Joker said, we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't lying, just facts. Right, just facts. No tea, no shade, just facts. Um, I was going to ask about your relationship with food because I think that... How dare you ask about that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hangs up the call. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was gonna ask about it because like I think that you have a very like unique perspective on it and it's I like the way that you talk about it because you do use a lot of humor but I think just in general your story is like really interesting so can you tell people a little bit about what your relationship with food is now well, get ready for another reason why I'm insecure about dating. <laughs> um, so I have an eating disorder and the best way I can describe it is, so the name is Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. Um, basically, it is an anxiety disorder and an eating disorder kind of blended together. 
Um, my when I was going to therapy, and I'm gonna have to start a new, more intensive therapy for this. But when I first started going to therapy, um, the my therapist thought that maybe it was kind of similar to OCD because a lot of the same things that she saw in like OCD people who have are diagnosed with OCD I kind of do as well um but in only relation with and only in relation to food um and so what that is basically and how it operates is that I have the diet of like a four-year-old basically <laughs> like I do um, I have probably, there's less than 20 foods that I can, like, that I am comfortable eating, like, I will eat, like, that less than 20. I can comfortably say less than 20 now. I Before, I would say less than 10, but less than 20 uh, now. And it's progress, it's, though. Yeah, it is progress. I have extreme anxiety about, like, bringing different foods into my palate, if that makes sense. And so... Like, there's a lot of things, like, you can throw any kind of food at me, like, a name of food, and so, like, hot dogs, I've never had a hot dog before, um, like, I had salad, the, the lettuce from a salad, um, like, once, <laughs> like, a few years ago, and I had to eat it outside, and I started crying, like, it's very extreme, I don't, I hate it like it's not something that's cute quirky like a lot of people are like oh you're just a picky eater but it's like no like there's it's a deeper um thing going on but I definitely hate it <laughs> um because again I eat like a four-year-old and it's not great um and so my relationship with food is very interesting because like you know when we get into this like fad diet culture and stuff like that and like oh you have to eat only these like list of foods and blah, 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 or, like, have these really crazy diets where it's, like, your, like, vegan diets, for example, where you're trying, like, all these new recipes to make, like, the same foods, but, like, in just a vegan form, I'm, like, I can't even participate in that, like, or if I did, because it's, like, I don't, like, not that I shouldn't say I can't, it's, like, I'm not able to, at this very moment, participate in that because I just don't have the mental capacity to do it, um, or, but for not the reasons of like self-discipline it's more for the reasons of like I just can't eat food and then um like fad diets it's like oh well you can't eat this this this, and that so it's like you take out bread well that's like half the stuff that I eat <laughs> you know because like I love pizza so um I take out bread then that's literally half the stuff that I eat um like you know oh you can't eat chicken well that's literally my diet <laughs> so um that's it's very interesting when I see all these people like and my friends have asked me it's like oh do you want to start a diet with me and I have to respectively be like no heart emoji and remind them that <laughs> I literally cannot <laughs> but like what has been interesting to me just like listening to your story is that like it's the most random foods like I'm surprised when I first met you, I knew that after, after a little bit, you could only eat pizza and chicken tenders and like fries, but it was like random stuff for me. Like it was like the not eating wings and not mm -hmm. um, hot dogs. Like the hot dog one caught me off guard because I just assumed like you could eat that. I think you can eat hamburgers. I've seen you eat hamburgers, right? 
No, I don't. I told you the story <laughs> about how. Uh, did I not tell you that story? <laughs> um, oh, my, oh, oh, I remember. Tell the people. Tell the people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because people know that I have this very traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> relationship with um food um when I was in high school this girl she was like hey like you know for my and we were at a party so it was a room full of people and she's like hey like I for my birthday like you know I really want you to eat a hamburger and I feel like that's the um and I may sound unprovoked but at the party like you know, they're getting hamburgers, and they're like, oh, you're not going to eat one? And I was like, no, like, I've never had a hamburger before, and people knew about my eating, so it wasn't, like, a big secret to people, like, oh, like, you know, like, why have you never had a hamburger? Um, and so I, um, so she was like, for my birthday, I really want you to, like, have a hamburger. Like, these are so good, um, and so they like made me a hamburger it had nothing on it um it was just a plain like burger and patty um I can't do sauce like I for the people I don't even use sauce like I don't use um like condiment sauces um and so like they like I was just sitting there and they were like forcing me to eat it like and so I took a bite and after like 10 minutes and I went into a closet and cried and called my parents to come pick me up because <laughs> that was just super traumatic and super stressful. <laughs> I think, so, yeah. first of all, there is a common theme. Like, I've noticed when we talk about, you know, your eating disorder, that people don't take it seriously. Like, they, they think that they can force you to eat it, stuff that you don't or can't eat, or, like, they think it's funny. Like, can you tell me a little bit about this? Or just like, let the people know, because I find this incredibly interesting. Like, it's like people can't wrap their brains around. Yeah. In a way. And I understand why people can't wrap their brains around it. And I've said this to you before. I've said this to my therapist and when I've explained it to people, food is such an integral part. Most, if not all cultures on this planet, if we're talking about like, in terms of like, you know, I was about to say cultural, but culture can be very, like, very broad. But when we're talking, thinking of cultures like Indian culture, like, you know, Black culture and stuff like that, and those type of cultures, like, it's so integral to them. Um, and that's how people connect. Like, you know, that's one of the ways, like, that people are able to connect when you're sharing your culture, you're sharing, and food being a big part of that, it's like, oh, like, you know, you're getting a portion of who they are. Um, and like, you know, people eat to survive, obviously, and they eat, um, the foods that they make are part of their culture, and to find this, like, basically see someone who can't eat, or I shouldn't say can't, again, it's, like, doesn't have the mental capacity to try new foods, has a lot of anxiety around it, um, and just that, that's not, like, a part, like, I don't look at foods, I'm just, like, oh, that's so, that looks so good, like, I don't really have those thoughts, like, I remember my friend was, like, looking at the food network, and she was, like, looking at different ways to make foods, and she was just, like, look, like sitting there watching it, and she's, like, oh, wow, that's so good. Like, and she's just talking about how good it looked, and I'm just, like, I looked at her, and I was, like, looking at the TV, and I was, like, what do you enjoy about this, you know? Like, I just, I didn't understand, but it's because I don't have that connection to food because of my eating disorder, um, but 
yeah, like it's it, people don't take it seriously because it's just so random and it's so like very much like it, it it's completely out of the ordinary. Like who do you meet and you're just like you don't enjoy food? You don't. Um so there's there's people who have been less than kind about it. I remember I was dating this guy and when I like opened up and like told him about it, he like like laughed in my face like he thought I was joking. And I was like, no, like it's not a joke. <laughs> um and there's people who have been, like all of my friends like have been very understanding. My family has just always thought like when I was younger, like, oh, like she's gonna grow out of it. Like, you know, my kid was, and they'll always tell like my parents, my kid was a picky eater when like they were younger, like she'll grow out of it. But the only person that ever said anything in my family, like about me getting help for it was like my grandma who like, may she rest in peace. Like she told my mom, she's like, no, that that's a serious issue. Like there's something more going on, but yeah. So it's very interesting how people react. Um, I think people, when they see how bad it can be, or they just like, or when I explain it better to them, um, because I wasn't able to explain it before, like I would, and then I would just cop out and be like, yep, I'm a picky eater. Yep. But now I'm just like, no, like I, I can't, I don't want to just classify myself as a picky eater because that's unfair to me. And like, you know, and the struggles I deal with. And so I feel like a lot of people are more understanding with because probably I'm dealing with like more mature people. So, yeah. I'm gonna answer or get you to answer some common questions people are gonna have because I think it is such a unique disorder. Like I'm pretty sure it's very rare. I've only- Yeah, only- Random only BuzzFeed article. From what I've researched myself too, um as well as from like what I've heard like really only four like four or five year olds have this issue like and it's very rare for it to progress into adulthood you know so if I'm gonna go to and I've trying to figure out where I can go apparently like I can go to a speech pathologist because about this um because they the ones that are trained in dealing with like eating and like feeding um, processes. That's what my friend told me. She's in grad school and she was like talking to um, someone at her job about like me and like what I go through and they recommended that but there's different ways I can go to more an intensive form of therapy um, just to just like condition myself into eating foods and trying new foods but um, like you know it's very rare. Yeah it's very rare to see an adult with this issue. The first thing I would ask is so you can eat chicken fingers and pizza and fries and i have to eat that is there anything else that you can eat you you can eat cookies certain types of cookies right yeah um so i can eat like like these are also random like garlic knots i can eat like salisbury steak i can eat spaghetti like you know um i'm trying to think of stuff that i like eat like ravioli I've eaten lasagna. I can eat macaroni and cheese. Um, I can eat baked chicken. Like, I'm trying to be more healthy and just eat baked and grilled chicken. Um, I'm trying to think. Now that I sit here and think about it, it's like, I don't know. Like, but when it comes up, I, I can drink smoothies, though. Um, and so that's been helping me a lot. I eat fruit. 
and I, I like before I eat fruit. I don't have any issues with fruit. Um, but I think when it comes down to like certain vegetables, like I can eat green beans. I may not enjoy it, but I can. Um, and yeah, like there's other, I feel like there's other things that I've definitely can eat. Um, but I mean, I'll be my first choice. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing you did mention that I wanted to talk about was that like enjoyment of food. Like I know that people watch like the Food Network and you know, I, people like me, I love the Food Network. I love to cook. Like, I love like the experience of cooking and eating and serving other people with food and watching other people cook it. Like that is part of the enjoyment of food. And so do you feel as though, even though you don't necessarily participate in some of those prepping activities, like prepping and, and watching people cook it, even without that, you would still say that like you enjoy food though, right? Like it's not just like you're just eating just to fill a need, but like you actually do enjoy the taste and what have you. Um, I feel like for the, maybe the foods that I like, so um, pizza, like I'm just like, I like, you know, I love pizza. Like that's one of my favorite food. So I can really enjoy like, you know, a good slice of pizza. Um, and I mean, like, I feel like I rank like fast food restaurants based off of who has the best chicken nuggets, but, um, as you should, as right, I'm not some period. And even though this is going to be so problematic, <laughs> um, you know, even though Chick-fil-A has the best nuggets, even though I feel guilty every time I eat there. There's not many places you can go, sis. I don't think. I know. I know. And we talked about, we literally had this conversation too. It was just like, I can't boycott places because where am I going to eat? <laughs> I don't, I have nowhere. <laughs> but, um, so I, I can like enjoy like certain foods. Oh, I, I'm weirdly passionate about pretzels um, because I make my own pretzels. Now I know how to make my own soft pretzels. And after I learned that, like, I feel like Auntie Anne's is trash. Wetzel's pretzels is where it's at. There's only one in the state of Georgia. And so if you go to Sugarloaf, <laughs> if you go to Sugarloaf Mills, please go to Wetzel's pretzels because that is top tier, top tier. But anyway, um, so there's like certain things where I'm just like, okay, like uh, maybe that can be seen as enjoyment or passion or whatever. But besides that, like, I don't, like, I, I feel like maybe... My ther like my therapist had said like maybe I should start like partaking in like the process of making a meal, you know? Mm -hmm. So that way I can get more accustomed to like like textures and feeling and like knowing what goes into it because there's a lot of different things that cause it, like everything encompassing from smell, taste, texture, um, also what's in the food, because like there's been times and you were there to witness this. I've tried a food and I had an allergic reaction <laughs> Oof. and that really triggered my anxiety even more because I feel like, you know, I'm like, I don't know what's in here. And so now what if I have an allergic reaction to something that's in it, you know? Mm -hmm. 
so because of that whole experience of like me trying that thing and like you know basically not knowing that I was allergic to something because I never had it like I'm allergic to tree nuts I'm allergic to like cashews because the thing that I ate had so I'll call you cutly um it's an Indian treat and I didn't know I was allergic to cashews tree nuts until that instance and I'm like dang am I gonna go through this every single time I have something I eat something I have gets sent to the hospital <laughs> no but that's like a very valid fear to have I mean you were like trying to try a new food or a new treat and it ends up with you in the hospital like that cannot be good like that cannot be good for you mentally because you're like low-key worried about going through that like it's already traumatic having an allergic reaction but when you have it to food and you already have an eating disorder I I can't imagine that would be really stressful yeah yeah and so it it's definitely a very interesting thing to have um with that like there's just so much that goes behind it that it's like I like just to unravel it it's just there's so many layers so I just need to be more comfortable with different textures with smells and stuff like that and I was reading this article I feel like there may be several things wrong with me in relation to food (laughs) it's like it's like this certain type of comorbidity that's going on where I think that my taste buds like there's certain so there's um I think they're called super tasters and people with like super tasting like super taster taste buds um they have this like they're usually end up being the more picky eaters like you know and you can get a test done to see what kind of taste buds you have like it's um and it's like a paper test it's not like I don't think you can do a regular paper I think it might be like like specifically engineered for this test but I can get it done somewhere to see if that like what I'm going through yeah I don't know that's just one random tidbit of it like like I said there's just so much like that's like behind it and I don't think you even know why like I don't think you ever really figured out why you even have this eating disorder like where this came from no like apparently my parents said that when I was younger um like when I was a baby up until literally the age of four um I like would eat like anything like you know what I mean like I didn't have issues like taking a bottle like I didn't have issues to eating baby food and stuff like that like um and uh apparently I've had had a hot dog but like in at that time you know what I mean but then my mom said I started going to this babysitter when I was around the age of four and like I just stopped eating and I can't tell you what happened like I can't like I don't know what happened I don't like I don't know if I'm just blocking it out or just that it's just a coincidence that happened I I can't I have no traumatic memories or of any type of event going on all I know is is just that this is how I've always been like like I would be that kid that like my parents would be like oh if you don't eat this you're like you're gonna sit at the table like until like you know you eat it and I would just sit there and stare at it because like it's a it's like a physical like reaction that goes on in my body too like I and I mean it's anxiety but like I I feel like I tense up in like my core basically like my whole body is tense when I like look at foods you know just to kind of bring this um full circle Mm -hmm. I think that what's so interesting about you know 
our relationship to food, I guess, more broadly speaking, is that like everyone has a different relationship with food. Like some people have a healthier relationship. Some people have eating disorders, but we're all kind of stuck in this like machine, essentially, that tells us that we have to do very specific things. And it's all based on vanity at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it may not even be the healthiest thing for us, but we'll do certain things. Like for me, and I hate to admit it, but I think that like, I know there's like a really, uh, what's the word? I want to say like a, a trend, because it is a trend, but it's like a fasting trend where you do intermittent, intermittent fasting to help you lose weight. So mm-hmm. you are like not eating for large periods of time you let's say you already go to sleep and you're not eating at that point and then you break your fast in the morning around seven to ten well a lot of people extend that period so they go from maybe 8 p.m to 8 a.m without eating anything and that's 12 hours out of the day where you're just not eating and before you know i used to justify doing that by saying, oh, well, it's going to help me lose weight or, oh, it's going to help me stay slim. I'm not eating a lot, blah, blah. But what that inevitably ended up doing was just being like disordered eating where you're mm-hmm. just really not eating for huge chunks of the day. I know it's, it's, it's controversial to say this, but that's what I feel like it's become for me personally, because there's no real reason for me to be doing, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been doing it for so long. I don't think there's yeah for me to be doing this other than I just don't want to eat a regular amount of food a day because I feel like, you know, what happens if I gain weight? Like, am I still going to be attractive? And that's such a, such a fucked up thing to think that that is, but that's what it's becoming now. And I don't like it because it's not healthy. It's just not healthy for me, you know, being a healthy weight and eating like two meals a day that are filling, that are nutritious, like, that's going to mean that I'm not necessarily going 12 hours without eating. I think for, for me, it was two things. During quarantine, um, I definitely lost like a little bit of weight. I don't know how much weight. I don't weigh myself because, no, um, I, I don't want to go through that because I feel like when you pair a number to it, in my opinion, um, I that that triggers me beyond belief for different reasons (laughs) um so I just kind of like do what I do like you know so I was I was hiking a lot more and I I still hike it like a lot um I was going on hikes and I was also doing those intermittent like I would joke that like when we were at home and and real lockdown lockdown or I guess like lockdown um I was eating my first meal at like three in the afternoon and I'll probably eat like another time like at like eight and then when I go to bed at like 12 like I don't I didn't eat anything because I'm not really a snacker like and even if I eat like a snack like I don't have like a whole bag of chips or whatever like I just probably eat like one or two like Cheez-Its or like a fruit snack um not like a fruit snack but like a couple of fruit snacks and then just call it a day um for snacking purposes but so on top from that pairing of me hiking all the time and me not eating as much as I would on like a regular, like, you know, when I'm going into work and like, you know, having like a daily life, I was losing a lot of weight 
or like a, a substantial amount of weight that people noticed like you know and they would comment on it and be like oh wow you look so good and so in my head I was just like I just need to keep on doing this <laughs> like you know so because yeah. I want to look good and then another thing for me that's like in relation to my eating disorder is that I will often joke but sometimes in the back of my head I'm like serious that it's like oh like I don't want to eat this food because if I start eating this food and I like it, I'm going to get bigger, you know? Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's really problematic actually. Yeah. But yeah. we all go through that because like when we get that positive affirmation that we're looking for, like, Oh, you look so great. We can, you know, we tie it to us losing weight. It makes us feel compelled to want to do more of that stuff. But one thing I wanted to ask you, though, because I know that your relationship is very specific, like, you know, you can't really participate in diet culture in the first place because you can only eat such a limited amount of foods. Like, how yeah. does that make you feel when you see, like, there's such a push for, like, veganism and vegetarianism and all these other different types of lifestyle diets that are very, like, exclusive and ultimately, like, you know that you can't eat random vegetables that somebody picked from somewhere because your taste buds don't allow for that. So does it make you feel as though you can't really get to the weight that you want or maybe that um, you feel not included in these diets and that maybe like that sort of Instagram fitness trend is for you? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, I just... It makes me feel a lot of things because I'm just like, damn, like in order for me to look like, you know, someone on Instagram, I'm going to have to basically starve myself <laughs> through these diets. Um, and then I think about it and I'm just like, oh, like, you know, it makes me feel some type of way because even with diets, like, you know, these restricted diets, you know, you're supposed to like, you know, eat less of what you do. And I feel like when I started eating a little bit less, like, you know, I'm still, I don't even eat that much to begin with, even really with don't. the limited, like, even with the limited diet that I have, like, I'm, like, I can probably eat, like, once in the morning, and I do this right now, like, I'll eat, like, once in the morning when I'm, like, going into work, and then, like, I don't eat at school, like, at school, like, you know, I'll probably, like, have, like, a few animal crackers or something, but I don't eat while I'm at work. And then, like, I'll probably get something after work because, like, I've been, like, you know, running around, like, all day, like, you know, teaching. So, I'm, like, okay, um, like, I'll get something after work. And then I probably won't eat after that. I might eat, like, something light, but I don't eat, like, meals, like, big, big meals. So, I'm, like, dang, I'm still, I'm still fat. <laughs> and I don't eat that much. <laughs> And so I look at these fat diets and I'm like, you're eating nothing. And I'm still eating nothing. But I mean, granted, that's still the calorie intake too that matters. But then I like go, now I'm going on walks and stuff like that. And I think to me, I'm starting to overcompensate. I'm like, I have to walk more. I have to do these hikes more. I'm, I'm now lifting because I have weights in my garage. I have to do more of this stuff. So that way I can like offset my food, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's very odd to me that like we are so ingrained with like fat phobia because that's really what it is that we all yeah. that, like if you eat healthier, 
that you're gonna magically lose weight. And that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Like what right. if you lose 10 pounds and you still over 170? What you gonna do then? Right. You're and that's why Right. And that's why I don't pay attention more so to BMI and weight, like like by specific weight, because I'm like, I, if I'm, I can still be 170 pounds and be unhealthy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, what matters is like, obviously I still want to look like good. And that's like a whole thing within itself. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like the, to get to that certain physique. But um, when I think about the number, I'm just like, the number is not as important to me because like I can, Excuse the me. body goal that I want isn't like thin, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to be like, I can't imagine myself being like this, like skinny little thing, like, you know, um, but like, I want to make it seem like you can see my curves and that is why I'm getting a breast reduction, but <laughs> that's a whole I separate support topic. It. Yeah, like I, I want to tell you, I look at these TikToks of these girls who get these breast reductions and obviously they lost like a little bit of weight too, but not nothing too drastic. They still look the same, but it's their, I carry my weight in my boobs. <laughs> um, but going back to what I was saying originally, I don't know, like it's definitely, I, I'm not looking at the numbers anymore. I'm just going based off of like, okay, what does my, what is my doctor telling me? Am I unhealthy? Like based off my doctor and honestly I think I'm a medical mystery right now um because <laughs> I have low cholesterol I thought that the foods that I would eat would give me high cholesterol but I have low like my issue is low cholesterol and I have to build my cardiovascular strength I'm pretty sure that's what they said and so they said like do more cardiovascular activities and so I've been walking and hiking um so to kind of build up that my my heart i mean honestly you're healthier than me if we're being real because i don't have a healthier diet at all like yeah i really even when i cook at home i'm not necessarily like cooking the most nutritious like oh look at me my grilled chicken breasts with no seasoning and mm-hmm. salad and asparagus and i'm eating like acai bowls every day i'm not doing that i'm not so you do a lot more than i do in terms of like consistently going to the gym or not going to the gym you like you do hikes you do more hikes than anything else you go on a lot of hikes yeah all the time i don't do none of that i should be doing that and i don't and so the mere fact that like you're really dedicated and committed to your health but you're bigger than me i feel it's like so completely like an affront to fat phobia because we're so used to thinking like oh you're a bigger person you eat a lot or you're a big yeah. exercise that's not true it's really not true you can be super unhealthy and be skinny like i'm not necessarily the healthiest person and i need to work on that meanwhile there's someone who's bigger than me who's very active you know they have you know got a clean bill of health as far as i'm concerned like i, I think that we should normalize that more, which comes with respecting bigger women, respecting their bodies, respecting their autonomy, and also staying the fuck out of their business. Like, none of your real business what their health journey is. It's up to them to disclose that information, and they don't owe that to anybody, so. Right. I feel, when you get off the soapbox, that's how I feel. Like, (laughs) let people live their lives. (laughs) Period. 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 So, thank you for coming on the show, Chrissy. 
Yeah, I feel like at the first part, like, we definitely got into, like, a topic that should be a whole podcast within itself, which I will gladly come back for, because, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, like, I feel like all this stuff, like, with my eating disorder, like, it, it directly ties into, like, you know, my dealing with my relationships, whether it's a romantic or um, just, like, familial or platonic and just like my view on life and stuff like that so yeah (laughs) I could totally see that yeah so do you have any like final words for people who are watching this and just like a takeaway like what is something that you want them to get about you know whether it's about body image or whether it's about like diet culture or relationship with food like what is something that you think people should take away from this I think there's a couple of things. Well, the first thing with diet culture, diets do not work. um, If you're just doing a fad diet, that's going to be over in like a month or a few weeks. Like if you are changing your diet, that means that is a lifestyle change. So I don't have any problems with people who become vegans or vegetarians because at the end of the day, that's your body or choice. Um, But, you know, make sure that that's like more so a lifestyle change. So that way, like, you know, because you'll get actual results if you're just changing your diet is your palate, you know, the foods that you intake on a daily basis. It's not something that you just change for a short amount of time and everything will be solved because you'll just get, you'll, if you're, if weight loss is your goal, you'll just gain the weight back. I've seen it happen like multiple times. Um, so don't rely on these fad diets that you see on like, you know, in Instagram and stuff like that. Um, what you see on social media is not real. <laughs> it is perfectly curated. You are seeing the like basic, the good parts, the highlight, someone's highlights. So if someone looks good, it's that it's an angle. I mean, not to say that they don't look good in person, but just like the per, like you're not gonna look perfect every single day at every single second. Like you know, so don't like feed into that. Um, in your relationship with the food, like I think that everybody needs to have more empathy. You know. Um, you don't know what someone's dealing with um, in their relationship with food. Um, the things that they go through, you don't know. I mean, we talked about like my eating disorder and it's so rare, but you don't know if someone had struggles with like, I hate to say more popular <laughs> eating disorders, but the well, more well-known eating disorders like bulimia and anorexia. So definitely deal, approach every situation with anything in life obviously with empathy but especially with food because that is a lot more of a sensitive topic than people could potentially know if that makes sense you're absolutely right I think that you know our relationship with food you know I think I don't describe I think a lot of corporations are creating this unhealthy relationship with food because they need to sell a product same thing with these diets they need to sell a product. A lot of times they're like, oh, feeding into like body dysmorphia and they're feeding into our insecurities. They're playing that against us so that they can sell us something. So whether it's like tea or some sort of weird supplement that's not approved by the FDA, like they're trying to sell us something. And so I think right. we're skeptical of what we see on social media and understand that a lot of people, they have brands to monetize. And so they're going to monetize their image. And sometimes that means getting sponsored by people and by brands that are not necessarily keeping us in mind. So, you know, being very critical as a consumer. Everything that you said is so true. Um, I think that you can analyze yourself um, through a healthy lens. Like, you know what I mean? And I, like I said, your body, your choice. If you want to be 
like you know if you want to lose weight and that's your goal like don't let that I, I support it like you know what I mean if you want to like you know just live a healthier lifestyle I support it like you know I just just do everything that in a healthy way that doesn't destroy your body it's like you know or it doesn't like that would ultimately like and when I say your body I mean a more a holistic sense so like both your physical like body like you know and your mind so mm. yeah like people don't think about the mind aspect but it's like how is that really relating to you and your mental health so snaps <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to end it on that. But thank you. I had fun. Please let me have me back. Hopefully, the people don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But yeah, I loved having you. We'll definitely have you back. We'll schedule some time to talk. So we're gonna go ahead and close off the episode. Thank you guys so much for joining with us. If you liked what you heard, please rate us five stars on iTunes. It helps us with the rankings. Um, like. Follow and subscribe, review us, uh, share us with your mama and your daddy and your grandma, tell them all about the podcast. And I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. Ta-ta. Bye, sisters.